My name is Carrie Ginger, and I'm your host of the Biteable podcast, Know Better, Live Best. Today's guest is Rebecca Beck, General Manager of Raleigh City Farm in North Carolina. She is inspired by the mission of Raleigh City Farm to promote education and awareness about where our food comes from. Listen in as we discuss the importance of urban farms, community development, and her dreams for urban farms in the future. No Better Live Best is dedicated to supporting food and health literacy in people of all ages. Our mission is to cut through the misinformation surrounding food, health, and nutrition because we believe that when people know better, they can make the right choices and live their best lives. We are presented by Biteable Foods. They use blockchain and Internet of Things technology to build traceable, transparent food systems because it shouldn't take an investigative journalist to find out where food comes from. Hi, everyone. I am here with Rebecca Beck of Raleigh City Farm. Hi, Rebecca. Thanks for joining us today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. I'm pretty excited about this. Go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about um, what you do and maybe how you developed your passion for the food system. Sure. Um, So I actually, my background is not in agriculture. I, um, after getting my master's in social work, I worked um, in nonprofits, um, one in particular back home in, um, in Virginia, um, doing child and abuse and neglect prevention work, which I loved. Um, and it was a great organization. And I, I really have a passion for nonprofits and the ways that they're able to impact um, community. But um, we moved down to Raleigh, um, North Carolina in 2013. And um, I was looking for a job. <laughs> and uh, um, a good friend of mine, um, Carly, who had been volunteering with Raleigh City Farm for some time, had um, mentioned that they needed some help with their marketing and communications committee. And so I, I joined on as a volunteer, helping them to grow their followers and um, communicating their messaging and really enjoyed it. And from there, um, was brought on as a part-time GM to really help them with some aspects of, of the nonprofit. Um, and from there became a, a salaried employee, um, as GM in my role at the farm. And it, um, it's really been striking to just see the transformation of the space, um, over the past, um, six years now going into seven years and being a part of it for the past three years as GM has just been a real pleasure and, um, and a joy. So, so you really got started this by chance. You needed a job and your friend got you. Totally. Yeah. And anyone who's looking for a job, I always say, you know, just start volunteering, just find, find the cool things that are happening around you and ask to be involved, ask to, uh, to dig in, so to speak. And, um, and get your hands dirty and get to know people. And that's really the, the easiest way to find um, where you can fit in. You know, that's really useful advice, I would think, especially when you're new to an area and you're not sure maybe what you want to do or, like you said, maybe you loved your job, but you're looking for something different. And you found out that you loved <laughs> loved agriculture. Yeah, who knew? And what it does for the community. <laughs> I, it's, it's funny because I... I have this newfound love of food and where it comes from. That's my journey through this podcast, you know, through Biteable Foods. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea I'd become so passionate about it. I'm still a work in progress, mm-hmm. but it is interesting where your life takes you. <laughs> oh, it really is. And in looking back, you can really kind of see your trajectory and um, it's, yeah, it's been, it's been a fun journey for sure. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. So it's, the farm has been around for, did you say seven years, six years? We're entering our seventh growing season. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We've been around for about half of that. 
Yeah, just about. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, so the farm history has been around for almost seven years. And what is their mission? I did read about it and it's, I think it's a great mission, but why don't you go ahead and tell the listeners? Yeah. So like most nonprofits, when you're growing and you're in your early stages, um, you know, you're shifting and you're changing to, you know, to figure out who you are and to really um, make that clear and evident to the community. And so that never ends, of course. But back in 2016, um, we went through a strategic planning process um, with our board. It was led by um, Executive Service Corps here in the Triangle. And um, it was really a chance for us to sit down and look back and say, okay, this is how far we've come and where are we headed, especially as we look, look ahead in the next few years. Um, what are our goals? How are we going to get there? And really out of that, we came up with a revised mission, vision, and values, um, and sort of uh, a bit more fleshing out of just what our, how we're going to do what we say we're going to do, right? Um, so our mission, our revised mission is to grow the next generation of farmers by connecting our community to sustainable agriculture. Um, and we see those sort of two entities sort of um, in unison want them to be sort of married together. We understand that um, people need to sort of understand more about their local food system and really be able to experience it and come on site in order to fully embrace it and support it and help us grow this sort of next generation of farmers. Oh, I agree. Information is huge. <laughs> it really is. It really is. Knowledge is power, right? As I it say. Is. <laughs> well, that's what's led me to change so much. Uh, you know, speaking to am amazing workers like you and just learning through this process, I do have this newfound love, but then there's some areas where I'm like, oh my goodness, I haven't cared about that for how long? And now I'm just right. noticing. But no, I think it's great that you're out there, you know, teaching your community and just what an impact I think you're making. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> so I was on your farm map and it's, it's pretty, there's even some areas I wasn't even sure what it was. So like food forest, <laughs> and I'm just going to put myself out there and say, I don't know how to pronounce this. And it's, most people are probably going to be surprised. Is it ap apiary? <laughs> what is oh, it? Ap apiary. Apiary. Apiary, yep. <laughs> so you have to tell yeah. me what, before I go into the other ones, I'm just going to stop and laugh at myself because I meant to look it up, but I'm like, I didn't get to it probably because I was distracted by one of my little ones. Um, what exactly is apiary? <laughs> it's, um, it's where bees are kept. Um, so it's, <gasps> it's basically having like a beehive or a collection of beehives. Um, okay. where they can sort of live in their hive boxes or however you have them set up and they can go about their work um, as bees. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The more you know. Like, this is going to be a little embarrassing that I threw myself out there on that one. But, you know, we're all real sometimes. There's, yeah. you know, there's things we don't know. Yeah. Um, food forests are really cool. Greenhouses. Um, I've learned a ton about compost lately, and it was fun seeing all those areas that were part of your farm. I keep looking down because I'm making sure I'm not missing something. Yeah. But can you tell us a little bit more about some of these different areas of your farm or maybe areas sure. you think? maybe the listeners may not know about, like the apiary or yeah. food forests. <laughs> yeah, so our site has um, really transformed over the past seven years. It started as a vacant lot. There was nothing really going on in that area of the city. It wasn't a place that people, uh, it wasn't a destination. Um, businesses really weren't um, thriving because there, wasn't, there weren't people that would go to this section of, the, of Raleigh, of downtown Raleigh. And... Um, uh, it's interesting that, you know, our 
we have five founders. They sort of saw this space as a potential for some green space. They didn't necessarily know what it would end up looking like. I don't know that they envisioned that it would look like what it looks like today, um, per se, but they did see a need for urban agriculture in a growing city um, and the effects that it can have on a community in terms of um, economic development, opportunity for people, connecting them to green spaces that we know are really helpful for men people's mental health and well-being. Um, and so they got to talking with one another and then got to talking with the landowner and said, hey, do you have any plans for this uh, one acre little lot on the corner? Um, to which he said, no, what do you have in mind? Um, and so from there, we sort of um, created an arrangement with him that we could um, rent out this you know, little corner and showcase um, sort of urban ag and what that might look like. And so it took a lot of community support. Um, there were many meetings and presentations with um, local sort of communities and um, talking with people about what we hope to accomplish, getting their buy-in and support was really important. Um, having folks sort of contribute to that, they did a, a Kickstarter campaign um, to kind of get the materials we would need, the stuff we would need to create a, a, an early farm. And, um, and then it's sort of grown and developed over the years. Um, probably about a few years into it, we um, started working with um, some folks who are really passionate about permaculture. And perma the, the idea behind permaculture is that you, um, you look at uh, how nature, the patterns in nature, the resiliency in nature, and you take those features and you incorporate them into your um, sort of natural ecosystem. So you, you rely on that to really guide you. And so that's why we've set up the spaces we have. Um, and thinking about these different areas of the farm, we certainly have production space, but there's all kinds of production space, not just what's growing in, you know, crops and rows. We also have a pollinator perimeter um, that helps to attract pollinators, which we know we need um, to have food. <laughs> and it also helps as a barrier against any um, harmful insects. So it will attract the good bugs and hopefully stop the bad bugs and things that would want to harm crops. Um, we have a designated area and space for community learning and engagements. So we have some raised beds that we've installed that are great um, for community engagement and learning. We have a farm stage where a lot of activity happens. Um, we have a couple greenhouses on site. We'll get into those too. Um, we have this food forest, which is really cool. We've got some um, fruit trees and um, lots of different herbs, which we know are really good. And the apiary, too, with um, bees. We don't have bees right now, but we're hoping that we'll get them again. Um, there's a lot of work involved with bees, but we'd love to have another hive on site. Right now, we're, we're without a hive, but <laughs> hopefully we'll get one. And then um, we do have a compost area as well. So this, you know, we created a site that in itself is sort of a little ecosystem, right? Mm -hmm. That people can come experience. And even on our website, under our mission and map page, you can see it there and you can you know, see the little codes for each um, description of each section and learn more about what, what each one does. So, Absolutely. I was really intrigued by just the food forest in general and reading your map. So I do encourage all listeners out there to check out that website because it was really interesting. Yeah. And just the thought that went in and the placement of your different areas, mm -hmm. I thought was fascinating. 
Right. Yeah. I can only imagine that the community is, has really taken on to this, especially, you know, going into your seventh year. Was there any pushback in the beginning? Because I, you were talking about how you had to get community buy-in, which is obviously extremely important for any change in a community. However, when I think of spaces that are just not taken care of or not utilized, they're just kind of an eyesore. And I would, what you're doing with Raleigh City Farm it would be something that would be fun to drive by or to look at or stuff with children. So did you have any pushback at all? You know, I wasn't here at that time. That's there right. may have, there may have been, but, um, but I think overall, I think the, you know, the community saw the value in this and luckily our founders were so passionate about it and were so willing to sort of spread this message that, you know, we can turn this vacant, ugly eyesore Mm -hmm. into a vibrant, nourishing plot of land that people are going to want to visit. And what's happened since then is that that area has now boomed. We've got tons of neighborhood businesses in this beautiful section of the city. Um, Last night, we just had this shop hop where people come out on first Friday and get their holiday shopping done and um, swing by the farm. And it's just so lovely to see um, folks, um, on, you know, on a weekend with their families, they go grab some coffee and, um, and just swing down to the farm and they're pointing out things to their kids and saying, do you know what this is? Have you ever seen this before? Um, and it's just, it's a, it's a lovely community amenity that, um, everyone gets to enjoy. So I'm really pleased that it's a part of our city. Well, that's what I'm thinking. I could see taking my children down there if we had something like that where I am in the Quad Cities. Yeah. And maybe I would have known what an apiary was. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm a kindergarten teacher, so I talk about this on podcasts a lot because oftentimes it's the children that benefit just as much as the adults and um, who are part of the community because that vocabulary and that language and that experience they get to be a part of. I just kind of get a little tingling when I think about it. I think it's so great when children are out there. I know that's one of my favorite moments is when we get to do farm tours or um, have you know school groups come and dig in with us, do some volunteer work, get their hands dirty, and they're just so. I mean, they're just they're so giddy with how exciting it is to get to you know to pull things out of the ground and find worms and. Um, and talk about um, all kinds of different things that they're learning about in school that they actually get to apply in the, you know, in the ground. Um, because not all of our schools do have community gardens or school gardens that they can rely on. So it's nice to have this space that we can use for that purpose. Um, and school groups that come back again and again, they feel a connection to the site. They feel a connection to this, to the, to the, to the earth. Um, and, and you're hoping that, you know, we're inspiring them to feel a connection to, um, their environment and its Mm -hmm. success. So we showcase how we're using, um, sustainable methods, the fact that we're not using any chemicals and why that's bad for the environment, talking about water systems, talking about soil health. Um, and they, they get it. They understand it, you know, and, and then they're able to come back with their family and, you know, feel like they're a little bit of an expert um, walking around and pointing things out and saying like, this is a, you know, this is a scuppernog grape or things like that. And we have a ton of passion for it on site. They love that. Um, we get to open one of those up and they get to taste it. Um, I tell them it looks like boogers, but it tastes like <laughs> They love it. It's, it's a wonderful uh, crop. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's really inspiring to see young, young people come on site and really get excited about it. Yeah, and I bet they were willing to try food 
right there than maybe at home with their families. Right. So experience my own children. <laughs> <laughs> right. You're like, you wouldn't eat that in my house, but here we are on this side and you're feeling adventurous. <laughs> exactly. More part too. If you're going to eat it, I don't care where you eat it. <laughs> Just try it. Right. Uh, so you mentioned greenhouses. So I do, I do want to go back to that with, well, we're in the thick of winter right now with the snow outside and, you know, the below 20 degree weather, but <laughs> that's here in the Midwest. Right. How do you use, like, utilize those greenhouses more in your winter season? Yeah, so we have, uh, we have two greenhouses on site. The first one was built from the ground up. Well, both of them were built from the ground up, but the first one that was installed was installed by our, one of our farm partners, two business partners, Matt and Chase with Endless Sun Farms. And they uh, graduated from NC State. They knew that they were passionate about agriculture. They decided, you know what, I think we need to get into hydroponics. And here's how we're going to do it. So they were um, extremely ambitious and, um, you know, came on site and built up this greenhouse, planned it all out. Um, it is a, you know, it's a closed system. It's um, extremely, um, eco-friendly and green in the sense that, you know, you can recycle water, it um, uses, uh, you know, you have less impact from the environment. So you can sort of create this sort of perfect ecosystem if everything goes well, right? They're like mad scientists in there. <laughs> um, so they built this greenhouse to grow lettuce. Um, they discovered that a lot of the lettuce that was being um, that was being brought into this area comes from uh, California and places out in the Midwest. And so they thought, you know what, this is a market that we should get into. And so they started growing all kinds of different lettuces hydroponically, basil and microgreens. Um, and they are a great success story because, you know, our farmers come on site and they uh, have an agreement with us in place. And then the idea is that we sort of, at the end of their agreement, they sort of launch and go on to bigger and uh, bigger and better projects, hopefully still nearby so we can right. still benefit from their knowledge and experience. But they started um, growing hemp um, here in North Carolina, we have a pilot program and they got their license and started growing hemp at some other greenhouses in Durham. And that's taken off and been so successful that they recently sold that greenhouse to a new farm partner we have on site, um, David. So David has taken over and he's starting to grow lettuces and things out of that um, hydroponic greenhouse, which is great to see it full of green, beautiful life. It's just wonderful when you step in there. It's uh, such an experience. So. Yes, and I just keep going back to the food you can trust. You know, you know right. what's going in and yeah. the different types of years you're able to. And I was on your website. Um, how much longer you can hold on to some of those seasonal foods? Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So your farm partners. I might jump ahead a little bit because those are pretty cool. Do you have any more um, farm partners that you want to share about that help out with the farm? I mean, or go into a little more detail because that sounded yeah. pretty interesting. Yeah, so we, um, you know, our goal is, like I said, to grow the next generation of farmers. And when we think about the, the farmers that we have agreements with, so we have, a, we usually typically have a principal farmer, um, and and we also have other farm partners that do different things on the site. Um, it's not much space, so they really have to be compact and smart about what they, um, you know, what they're going to plant um, to make sure that they're going to get a good return on their investment. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, it's, it's been great to see, you know, young people who are passionate and want to sort of get their hands dirty, but know that it's really hard. Two of the biggest hurdles that we find for, you know, young farmers 
farmers that are just starting out is access to land and access to capital. And those two things become even more of an issue or, or a hurdle when you're in a city where those things are at a premium. So really providing a small space for them to, um, in, a, in a booming market, you know, close to all these people that want to buy their produce um, is really an advantage. And so our goal is really to um, provide them that sort of exposure, a place where they can get access to the land and tools and the things they need to grow. Um, and then we, you know, we kind of let them figure out what their business model is. So they get to decide how they're going to make a living off of such a small space. And it's a hard thing to do. It really, you know, they, they have lots of variables and um, things they have to contend with. But, um, but our hope is that they also will bring on some people to help them in the process. So we have these sort of secondary farm partners who we don't have formal agreements with, but they're engaged with the work that's happening on the site. And many of them have gone on to other projects um, to continue um, to farm and to grow in, in the agriculture world. So it's really exciting to see that happening organically. Right. And I would think, like you said, they're trying to figure out their business model, but what a perfect place to do that. Right. You know, the Where they can be supported. Yeah, they're supported. The community's already there. They right. can see what's working, but maybe in a, a smaller area. And, you know, I think that trial and error would work well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you can kind of think about it like a, like a young farmer uh, incubator, a new farmer incubator, mm -hmm. um, a place where they can sort of try things out. I think that's one of the, uh, one of our, our greatest sort of benefits is that we're not afraid to try things. Um, we're not afraid to say, let's take a risk or our farmer partners are, are, willing to say, I'm going to, I'm going to try this. I'm going to see what happens and know that it could, it couldn't, it could not work out, but at least you've tried and you've learned something from that as well in the process. So well, those risks are so important. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's how you make it big. I mean, that's what you do. Obviously it's what you've learned and what you're willing to try, but the risks are, if you just keep playing it safe, you're just going to keep getting the same, which may work out well, but you never know what else could happen from that. Right, exactly. <laughs> so you, I'm going to actually going to read this because I don't want to miss anything here. So Raleigh City's Farms mission to promote education, awareness, and you've talked about that, and to know where food comes from, which is um, definitely the mission of Biteable Foods. <laughs> and so I do want to touch on that because I just, it's, it's so incredibly important. Um, why is knowing where our food comes from and transparency of the food so important to you? Because I know this is, this wasn't, your whole life. I mean, this is something that you, you know, recently came into. So why is it so important to you? Yeah. So, um, I think for me, when I think about, um, transparency and knowing where our food comes from, it really is about, um, about access. Um, for me at least, um, when I, when I think about, um, creating a sustainable food sources, um, those are going to be our local food systems, right? The places that are close to us. And so what we hope to inspire is sort of uh, this, this sense of a value and appreciation for um, the land and the people that are growing our food and a connection to both of those things. So not only are you um, connected to you know, the dirt and the water systems and, um, and the sunlight and all these aspects that we need to grow things. Um, but you're also um, connected to the farmers and the people who are doing such hard work to grow your food and you're supporting them and you're, you're showing up basically and you're putting your, um, 
your dollars where you find your value. So you're going to, you know, you're going to go and you're going to find local food sources. And if there aren't any, you're going to figure out how you can create a system where those things can happen. I'm hoping that it's a trend that um, will continue. There's been sort of this um, resurgence of people who are interested in, in, in growing their own food. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think it takes more than just, um, more than just a connection to our farmers, but also a connection to um, people finding ways to create their own food sources as well. And we're seeing more and more of that. So we provide programming for people to come on site and learn how to, uh, how to grow their own food. Um, and it, it's surprising what you can do, um, even if you just have a little um, apartment with a tiny little balcony. Um, there's plenty of things that you can grow. Um, off that little space. So we're, we're hoping to see more of that and I'm hoping that that trend continues, but, um, but certainly, you know, seeing sort of value in um, a connection to the land and connection to our farmers is sort of the, the foundation for that. And that's actually been a pretty common answer lately. And it's amazing how we take for granted going to the store and picking out our produce or our food and it came from somewhere. We may not always know where it came from, but it came from somewhere and someone did work hard. And it's nice to give that appreciation back to all of those farmers out there that are working hard. They're working day and night. Mm -hmm. And when that food comes to your table, that it was made through hard work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and also you talked about, you know, the sense of community coming together, growing mm-hmm. food. Obviously not everyone can just only grow their own food. We need to support each other. But we had in my home, a little garden in our backyard we do each year. And I love that just with my children. Um, I know when my, one of my sons was God, might have been last year, two years ago, he just took a tomato off the vine, just start eating it, would never mm-hmm. touch a tomato inside the house. Um, yeah, the community, um, the sense of pride in bringing it back to the farmers and being appreciative of all the work that goes into that, but also taking care of the land, you know, mm-hmm. being economic. And it's just, it's important. So reach out, find out what you can do. Like you said, even if you just have a little balcony, I think we think, mm-hmm. oh, we live in the city. I don't have any space. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. To do all yeah. those things, but it's possible. And I think it's just information and wanting to care. And I think I have, I've, I've well, just with myself, that surge of caring and wanting to know where your food comes from. And mm-hmm. like you said, the lack of you know chemicals, and I know sometimes it's necessary depending where they are, what they're doing, but it's nice knowing if your food really is as simple as we think it should be mm-hmm. sometimes yes. and asking those important questions. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so with your website, also your, your values, um, entrepreneurship, local food, community sustainability, that's the big one we've been hearing a lot, well-being. Can you go ahead and go into why um, Raleigh City Farms promotes these value farm? <laughs> Plural City Farm <laughs> pronounce these values and maybe a little bit about what each means means to Raleigh City. I sure. am getting tied here. Oh my goodness, I'm just muddling <laughs> through things. <laughs> You're doing just fine. You're doing just fine. Um, so our values um, came out of our strategic planning process when we were sitting down with our farm partners, our advisory council, our board members, um, and talking through like what 
what do we value? What has been important in, in this process of growing this space and this community? What have we found are sort of our underpinnings? And um, certainly entrepreneurship was one of the first ones that came about um, or came through the conversation. And it's really just about uh, sort of encouraging and supporting this sort of innovation in urban ag. We know that as we look ahead at agriculture, I think um, we're going to see a lot more in the technology coming up. Um, and that that will really impact agriculture at all levels. And so um, having people who are um, excited to try to try new things, right, and to really sort of have that entrepreneurial spirit is, is key and central to what we do on our site. So we really want to, wanted to um, extend that value into our strategic plan and um, how we operate. Certainly local food, um, that's been key to our mission as well, um, not only to nourish our bodies, but also to support economic development. Mm-hmm. Um, we, under- we understand here in Raleigh, it's, it's really cool to see um, just sort of Raleigh embraces this um, local supporting local. And um, it's really inspiring. You see just all of these businesses um, sort of uh, taking one another under their wing and really um, championing, championing champion (laughs) that's a word I'm just sort of being champions for one another and what one another is trying to do for our community Mm -hmm. and seeing the good in that so we we really um want to to see that continue in terms of local food as as a value for our community and then community right to have civic engagement and um, neighborhood pride I think um that's really important right to feel good about the place you live and um and also where your food is coming from and that you have a sense of knowing who your community members are and what their needs are. Um, and then, of course, sustainability, um, for sure, just to sort of steward the health of the nonprofit, but also our environment um, and one another. And then also um, well-being. And this was one of my favorite ones just because um, it's, it's an acknowledgement that there's a transformative power um, in cultivating the soil. Um, there's this... Um, thing called Mycobacterium vacci, which is found, it's a bacteria, it's a good bacteria found in soil. And what, what researchers have found is that when you're working in the, in dirt and you're harvesting crops, you're actually inhaling or ingesting this healthy bacterium. And it's been found to alleviate symptoms of psoriasis, allergies, and asthma, um, all of which kind of stem from the sort of like um, irregularities in your immune system, but it's also even been found to um, help to alleviate depression. Really? So folks who you know, folks who come to the side if they've been having a rough day, and we have weekly wine and weeds at the at the farm from April through October. Folks can come out and grab a glass of wine if they're old enough to, and love it, <laughs> and, and help us weed the garden, help us weed our perimeter, and make sure it looks nice. And, you know, you find that people come in, they've had a rough day, they're at the middle of the week, we do it on Wednesdays on purpose because it's the hump day and it's, you're like, oh, how can I make it through two more days or whatever of work? And it's wonderful just to see people sort of relaxed and um, tension release. And, And I wonder if part of that is just sort of that sort of transformation that happens when you're in the dirt. Um, And I think part of it maybe takes you back to your childhood too, right? Where you had less worries and concerns. um, Yeah. And you just kind of, you can kind of let it all go. So that's really a key aspect of what we're hoping to inspire in folks. 
there's a lot more that went into that well-being than I had even imagined. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because you think, I mean, you're, you're taking care of the earth and that area, which I love. You're um, hopefully eating the foods or, you know, what's coming from all of your hard work, <laughs> which obviously is going to be great for your body as well, which is my big push is trying to be a healthier mother to my children. Um, and, you know, healing my body from the inside out where I came from. But I had no idea. Say that word again. I'm sorry. Micro. Mycobacterium vacci. Mycobacterium vacci. Yeah. I didn't say that right. I actually had to to look up how to pronounce it too on on the Google Translate, not Translate, but Google pronunciation. Right. (laughs) Make sure I got it right. But that is, um, it's a a healthy bacteria that we, uh, that really does benefit us. Well, and especially to bring up, we can, you know, hopefully lessen depression. That's something interesting. Obviously, a lot more goes into that as well. But that is, that's a a big thing in today's society with Mm -hmm. stress of work and having a million things to do, but needing more time. But, you know, we only have 24 hours in a day. (laughs) And it's those pressures come about. I think it's, it's, you're away from technology, you're in the dirt, you're, hopefully conversing with community members and I mean, a glass of wine on Wednesday is not half bad either. So not bad at all. Not bad at wine, all. wine Wednesdays. I wine and weed, wine and weed on Wednesdays. I absolutely love that. So, so what else do you have? I'm going to, I think I'm jumping ahead if it's even on here, but what other um, activities do you have at the farm? Yeah. So, um, we host a a bunch of events. Um, I, you know, when I came on board, I really wanted to see the, the space get activated, um, in lots of different ways. Um, and so we were, you know, we, we looked at programming, we were doing some programming, but we really wanted to take it up to the next level. We are, we have wonderful partners, one of whom is Piedmont Picnic Project, um, they do great things in our community. They do wild food history and foraging trips. Um, so they teach you about all kinds of things that you would look at and say, that's a weed. And they would say, no, you can eat that. You can put that on a salad and this is why it's good for you. And, um, they also teach classes about food preservation, pickling, um, making, uh, labna, which is a yogurt cheese. So, um, fermentation, all the, all those sorts of like, old sort of traditional ways of preserving food and um, reducing waste, they sort of can teach people how to do those things. So they come on site, they're a great partner, they, they, won, they run wonderful classes um, for people in the community to learn about things, but they also can teach people about basic gardening uh, principles, um, soil composition and health and what sort of things you might plant in the fall as opposed to the spring and um, giving people sort of a roadmap so they can start to do some of these things for themselves at their own home or residence. Um, and then we started doing yoga at the farm as well. We have a wonderful part- partner, Katie Breen. Um, she uh, has been really instrumental in just bringing people on the site um, to stretch and to breathe and to just sort of, sort of soak it all in. It's really a lovely place to, to do yoga for sure, um, right in the heart of downtown. So um, we're really thankful for our program partners. But the events that we host throughout the year are really just a way for, for people to come on site and hear live music eat wonderful food, for instance. We have a harvest dinner in the fall time. That's a beautiful event. We partner with a local chef, um, typically like a rising star chef. So somebody who, you know, um, really wants to showcase what they can do um, in terms of bringing local food and creating a four-course meal with 
food with wine and beer pairings and we do live and silent auction. So partly those events are fundraisers for us as a nonprofit, but they're also a way for people to really um, enjoy the site in a different way um, and get to come and experience something we hope. And through those sort of connections to our, to the site, they get to know what we're about and what our mission is. And then they get inspired to, to give back to volunteer, to tell their friends about the farm. Um, and so that's, that's sort of our goal in activating the space. And I want to visit Raleigh. I know you need to come. You need to come. <laughs> it sounds so fun. I mean, the wine, the yoga, the pairings with beer, the live music. It's not bad. It's not it's bad. It's not. It sounds great. And it's also, those are just creative and fun ways to get the community to the farm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, um, we started doing um, movies at the farm in the summer as well. That's another fun activity that um, we do every summer. Um, one year we did a film fast, and then this year we did um, more just one night um, and saw some really interesting um, documentaries. So it's just, it's just fun to see you know, people get to enjoy this space, and that's really what we want to happen more often. So. Well, I appreciate just the outdoor activities. Yeah. You know, getting outside and maybe hopefully unplugging a bit and, yeah. you know, meeting members of the community. I can only imagine the people you've met with your job. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty wild when I think about it. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm so thankful for it because it really has opened my eyes up to the city of Raleigh, especially being new here um, yeah. over the past few years and getting to sort of know the ins and the outs and, um, and seeing all those connections. Like I said, Raleigh is um, one of its greatest attributes is just its connect its connections with people and um, how everyone just kind of really embraces one another and supports one another. Right. And, um, it's just been, it's been great to see. So I'm really thankful that we landed here for sure. <laughs> well, that's what I keep hearing from you is just that positive support that yeah. everyone has for each other and how you're looking out and really trying to make, you know, Raleigh, to, you know, this fabulous community to live in mm -hmm. and to enjoy all parts of it. So, yeah. oh, so cool. I do want to visit sometime, but there's yeah. other things about Raleigh I've been hearing. I'm like, Raleigh seems like such a great place. It is. <laughs> really lucky. Yeah. <laughs> is there anything else? I know we kind of, I got away from there a little bit because it's just so fun hearing about everything you do at the farm, but is there anything that you, want to add to kind of your vision of urban farms and it, it could be just you want to see more of them but what is kind of the vision you have for urban farms in america yeah so we're you know our vision really is just a community engaged in a vibrant sustainable food system that's reinforced by this network of thriving farmers we know that um in order for farmers to be successful, they need to have a community who's going to buy their food, who's going to um, understand that while it may be convenient and it's a habit of ours to just go to the grocery store mm -hmm. and pick out, you know, whatever's there, no matter where it's come from or how long it's taken to get there mm -hmm. or the price that it's paid, you know, that the environment pays to have it get there. Mm -hmm. um, that it's, you know, it may be more important to them to actually um, go one step further and find out um, where they can get local food that's in season um, that is um, connecting them to people growing that food. And so we really see those, um, those two things just as in our mission that they, they need to kind of fit together and they need to understand each other and they need to kind of um, find a way to, um, to support one another. Mm -hmm. 
I agree. I just think it'd be great to have more urban farms um, in all areas. Like we have farmer's markets and I love farmer's markets. They're fabulous and I, I need to utilize those more than I actually do. I'm going to be honest with myself, but I think it's just something neat when I'm looking at your farm and, you know, and I've, I've looked into other urban farms and, and I just, I'm like, just the experience of it all, actually, you know, picking it or seeing what's all the work that's going into what's produced that is even, I love farmer's markets, but I mean, it's, it just seems even cooler. It's like one step deeper mm-hmm. <laughs> into, into a farmer's market. So what is your view for future farming for the overall food system? I mean, is it just that transparency? Because I know you've talked about that a bit. Yeah. So I, I look at it as um, I, we want to see agriculture more prevalent and accessible. Um, I think about um, we have a couple of uh, really inventive and sort of creative people in our community who have um, taken on this concept of yardscaping instead of lands or farmscaping instead of um, landscaping their yard. Um, so farmscaping is really just looking at your yard as how can I grow food on this yard and not putting it in the backyard, but putting it in the front yard where everyone can see it. Um, we, we have many examples of of people here in Raleigh and other places in the country who have their own gardens and they, they're, they're proud of them and they're proud of the fact that they can, you know, 100% source all of their vegetables and other items, um, from what's growing in their yard. <laughs> um, things like that I find are really inspiring. I'd love to see um, examples of agriculture in parks. You know, when you're walking through um, the through city center and there's a park and you see food that's growing. And sure, some people are going to pick it and eat it. And that's actually a good thing. We want that to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does take a city looking at... Um, a systems approach to local food and agriculture and thinking outside the box um, and thinking about ways that we can promote agriculture and people understanding um, kind of how food is grown so that it's everywhere. It's not just, it's not just in our little, you know, um, one acre lot. It's not just out in the country somewhere, you know, out in rural parts of our state. It's actually accessible and it's available and people uh, get familiar with it again and get to, to see food growing and get to understand um, how important it is to, um, to protect our spaces and to make sure that we have um, places to grow things for sure. Well, it'd be cool to see that as the new normal. Because, you know, right. things change and all of a sudden, like, yeah, that happens. Yeah, I, I, exactly. see, I see many little farms in the front yards. That's normal. We see that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's not unusual. That's totally normal. Like, it's weird yeah. that you don't have one. Why don't you yeah. have a farm in your front yard? You know? Yeah. I think it's great because we have a, we have a little garden in our backyard. Uh, we don't have a lot of space, but, you know, my husband made a raised bed and um, even his little, like, water systems he's done and compost. It's so fun. All the little projects he's done over the years but I never thought of frontscaping <laughs> yeah yeah so that farmscaping is is a cool a really cool movement um oh farmscaping is called yeah, farmscaping <laughs> yeah farmscaping okay, front yard frontscaping farm front that works too yeah that works too <laughs> yeah. we also had a well this past summer when we did our our film fest at the farm we showed a uh, couple of shorts, um, short documentaries. They're only about, you know, 
five to eight minutes long. Um, we worked with this um, local media group called Vittles Films, B-I-T-T-L-E-S, um, and they're local to North Carolina. They, they have all these beautifully shot um, and produced little shorts that showcase different um, different agricultural activities here happening in the state. And one of them that, that really resonated with me that I loved, it was called Freshly Retired. And it was about um, this retirement community who um, they were noticing that their they wanted to sort of revolutionize their food industry there on site. And so bringing in more produce that was grown locally, not just having a bunch of frozen stuff that was shipped in from who knows where, canned things, which is fine, but um, thinking about ways that they could sort of turn that, that food industry upside down. Um, and it's a lot of work. They have tons of, they talked about all the menu changes they have to go through. But the coolest thing about that movie, and I, I suggest everyone to go and watch these because they're so interesting, um, was that they had, they had a farm, they had a garden in the courtyard of this building. And this one elderly woman, she came out and she would take aerial shots with her little point and shoot camera every day. And she could document how the garden had grown and transformed throughout a year. Um, you see these people who are just, you know, they're pulling these giant vegetables out of the ground. And what's beautiful is that not only are they, are they moving about and they're interacting with one another, but they're also getting to grow things, right? And they're getting to enjoy those things. And I would imagine that now that they've experienced that um, sort of that, farm to table sort of experience where they live now that they could never go back they could never go back to um how the status quo and the way that the ways that they used to do things but it did take um you know it took it took someone <laughs> or a group of people to really decide you know what we can do better we can do better for um an aging population in our you know in this community what would that look like um what would we need to get there and how are we going to make it happen? And then, and once it did, it's such a beautiful thing to see. Um, so things like that, I think, are really inspiring for people. And they get, they get you to a place where you can look at things in a different way um, and see the, the potential and the possibility. Absolutely. And just that sense of pride and accomplishment, I would feel exactly. you'd have. Yeah. Doing, you know, any kind of project that helps the community, your health, um, I, it just just that, like you said, over a year, um, like that woman you were talking about, how she could see the changes mm -hmm. that happened throughout a year. And it's to just start small. I think we think of the big picture too often and it seems overwhelming and daunting. Me included, I do that a lot. How I'm, I want more fresh foods. Sometimes I don't know where to start with it. Mm -hmm. I do. Um, that convenience factor has been taken away quite often where maybe I'm in a hurry. I'm going from activity to activity and I'm like, I just want to drive through somewhere. I'm like, they don't have anything that I really try to eat these days. So then you go home and you're wondering what's going on. But I think it's just don't look at the overall big picture. Take it, you know, a day at a time sometimes if something does seem daunting to you. Right. And make those important changes for you because it matters. So exactly. I think those are all great, um, great options. But still dream big. Like dream of the big picture. Oh, yeah. Then scale it back. I mean, <laughs> here's where you want to be. You can't do that like today. So what can you do to where you can end up there? Yeah, it really is those tiny shifts. It's, it's, um, it's opening yourself up to new experiences and new perspectives. So surrounding yourself with those, with those things that sort of 
scratch that creative dream big um, mm -hmm. part of your part of your brain, right? But then, yeah, like taking it um, taking it small and step by step, and really being intentional about your choices mm -hmm. and the things that you um, you know you want to make. If you want to make a change, I think it does need to start sort of incremental, mm -hmm. and then um, we know that if you do that a series of time that becomes a habit. Yes. Um, so we're shifting habits and we're shifting culture and it takes a long time and it takes a lot mm -hmm. of, you know, repetition, but, um, but I hope that it, I hope it sticks. And so that's what we're all working towards. I do too. And that's great advice in all aspects of life and anything you want to do is, you know, dream big, but start small to get there and make those minor shifts. And I just appreciate everything you do and everyone that's helping out Raleigh City Farm because it is that shift that we need all over the country. Just more of a connection to food, like real food, just that mm -hmm. connection. And, and it also brings community. So it's not just one aspect of life that's changing. It's changing everything about you. Because I can see once you get involved in more of the food movement of real food and caring what goes into your body, you're speaking with more people, meeting more people, mm -hmm. um, that community then comes together, your health's feeling better. I mean, it's just like a snowball. Yeah, <laughs> it's a it is a groundswell. It's really this sort of like <laughs> um, organic process of, of just sort of like opening your eyes a little bit, right? Having um, and sort of learning and um, meeting new people, like you said, I think is a big part of that. And, and forming those bonds and those connections, looking inward, but also looking outward, I think is always a big part of it, right? Absolutely. And that sort of sense of curiosity and, and wanting to um, make changes in your community for the better, I think. It all goes hand in hand. Oh, it does. It's even made a financial shift um, in our family as mm -hmm. well when you're thinking of like, what you want to spend money on what's more important to you. And it's also right. the community, like the businesses around the community as well um, right. as spending money on food that you feel is going to be great. So it really mm -hmm. does affects every part of your life in positive ways. So just take that and, you know, everyone can do it. It's just, like I said, it can seem daunting and I'm there myself right now with making those good shifts, but you know, you make a mistake, just keep going forward. <laughs> That's right. That's right. We're not going to be perfect. We're not aiming for per perfection. No. We're aiming for progress. Yep. And, um, and that takes time. We have to understand that, you know, we're going to, we're going to mess up and we're going to make mistakes, but, um, that doesn't make us bad people. That makes nope. us people that are imperfect and, yep. um, we're doing the best we can, right? Everybody raise your hand if you're doing the best you can. Um, and we'll get there together. Oh, I agree. So is there anything else you want to leave the listeners with? Cause you just had so many great points today. Is there anything you really want to zero in on that we're going to leave the listeners with? Yeah, I think, uh, I think. I think sometimes we forget that we have power in our in our choices mm -hmm. and in where we spend our dollars and our wallet and those really are those are that's our power right mm -hmm. we get to make decisions um, we get to make choices and so I would I mean I would just encourage encourage people to like I said look inward and look outward think about the choices that we make um, make more intentional choices mm -hmm. where you can where you're able to um, and really you know show up and say like this is what i this is what i need <laughs> when you're you know when you're going out to restaurants and you're looking at the food that's being served and you see restaurants that are making effort to mm -hmm. support local farms um you'll see a chalkboard up that'll say today's um, beets came from this farm and 
thank that restaurant for, you know, for, for supporting local farms. Um, look up that farm when you get home or when you're sitting there waiting for your food to come out, look it up on, the, on, on your phone and learn more about what they're doing. Learn about where they are. If you can go for a visit and um, learn more about um, local food, I think that's, it's really a way for you to, um, like I said, just learn more and be open to it um, and to think about uh, those choices on a daily basis. The more you can, I think is what I'd love for folks to be, to take home and take with them um, from this in this short time that we were together, but, but thanks. <laughs> well, consumers, we, we can make a big impact. If we're asking those yeah. important questions or wanting more local foods, the businesses are going to want to give that because they're here for us. So mm -hmm. we just need to speak up a little bit. I love that. I think so, so often you just go with the flow and you forget that our voice can, can make big changes, you know, mm -hmm. even one, even one little voice, if it can trickle down. So I think that's a great positive point. Yeah, <laughs> we all, we all have that power. So how can <laughs> listeners find you and, and support Raleigh city farm? Yes. So I think the best way to start is just to go to our website. Um, it's www.RaleighCityFarm, singularfarm.org. <laughs> <laughs> I was have to remind people that. I wish it was farms, but it's just one farm right now. So RaleighCityFarm.org. Um, we actually just um, released a new video that um, our friends at Jumping Rock Media put together for us, and it is amazing. It's 60 minute, minutes of just beautiful footage. It talks about our mission. It's a great way to just sort of see the site and see what's happening on the site. Um, and then from there, I think, you know, there, you can sign up for our e-newsletter called Urban Dirt. It comes out about once a month and um, it's just a really great way to learn about sort of mm. the things that are important to us and what we're doing in our community and ways to get involved. And then we're really active on social media. So Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, we have a new LinkedIn page, which is pretty exciting. I'm still not posting on it as regularly as I should be, but, um, but we do, yeah, we do, we do, um, we have a great blog that has lots of wonderful, beautifully written content, um, great photography. And so it's just a, it's just a great way to learn more about um, what we're doing. And we hope that, you know, we're doing a good job of showcasing what we do so that people who, who see there's a lack of urban agriculture, say, in their city or their town, and that they can look at what we do and maybe replicate some of the things that, that we're trying to do and maybe contact us and ask for, like, how did you, how did you actually make this happen? Um, and not to say that we've got it all figured out, but I, but I do think that we can um, serve as an example and hopefully inspire people to um, demand those sorts of things in their own, um, in their own nook of the country. So absolutely. We're Don't reinvent the wheel. I mean, work together. Yeah, to see exactly. how, tell us how you started that. I love that. I'm yeah. going to check out all, you know, Facebook and I'm not Instagram as much, but I want everyone <laughs> to check that out depending on your social media of choice yeah. uh, to find you, especially those articles. I want to check that out because information these days is really what I'm searching out. Um, reason for this podcast. So that's another right. great resource just for myself. So hopefully everyone reaches out to you and checks out Raleigh city farm. <laughs> <laughs> so I made the mistake of farms. <laughs> and Rebecca, I really do appreciate you coming on today because I think this is such an important um, part of our life that needs to take hold. And hopefully that's something we see more, whether that's um, 
gardens in your front yard or (laughs) 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 whatever it is, just caring more about our food and becoming more connected to the food system. So thanks for coming out and sharing your expertise with us all. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks so much. I appreciate being on the show. (laughs) Thanks. Have a fabulous Saturday. You too. Bye. Bye.